This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook on this edition of Conversation with the Cooks. Well, after she did that, I put on my phone my my Jay-Z walkout song. (laughs) It's like, okay, here we go. We got to keep the kid going here. It was... You talk about belly laughs. Everybody was belly laughing. Jazz crushed that thing, and she got she got some shopping money. Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook. So here we are recording our first ever podcast, Conversations with the Cooks, a Nebraska volleyball podcast. I'm Lauren Cook, and with me today is head volleyball coach John Cook, and he'll be with me for every podcast for the rest of the year, so you're stuck with me. Did you ever think you'd be recording a podcast with me? Uh, that thought never really crossed my mind, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, I just started learning how to listen to podcasts on my iPhone. I didn't even know there was an iP- iP- uh, podcast, uh, you know, what do you call app. it, app on there. Yeah. But, um, in fact, I think it was you and Jason that showed me that, and I've actually listened to a couple, so learning to be a techie. <laughs> What's your favorite podcast? I haven't found a favorite one yet. Okay. Maybe this will be it. Are you into like murder mystery or like how I built this, learning about companies? Um, no, I was listening to the the one that you know they're they're trying to solve mysteries. So that was a little okay. So that's creepy. murder, yeah, crime, yeah. murder and mystery. And then I tried that one. I tried a, a money one, which I I couldn't get through. And then uh, there's a couple of business ones I listened to. So mainly I was just listening to podcasts knowing that we were coming, this is coming down the road, like how do people do podcasts? But my favorite one is Jocko. He's a former Navy SEAL guy who does one, uh, Jocko Willingneck, Willingneck. And anyway, he's intense. And then I, the, my other favorite one was Lance Armstrong. Who, the forward. Yeah. I listen so to that. I listen to that. But those guys talk about themselves too much. So I hope I don't, I'm, we're not going to talk about <laughs> myself too much. Oh, we're t- we're, we'll be talking about you the most of the time. And I guess we'll talk about me a little bit, but. We've kind of been practicing this for the past 20 years, you know, just talking back and forth. But I think you made a joke that yours may be 14, 15, 16, and 17. I didn't really talk to you much. Yeah. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll clarify that exactly. It was when after ni- I was really cool and you listened to everything I said. And then once ninth grade hit right after that, then there was a span of about three years. I didn't know what I was talking about, nor did you listen to anything. And then when you went to college, all of a sudden, and I had to pay bills and stuff, all of a sudden we were friends again. <laughs> But I had to listen to you because you were coaching me, so <laughs> that's true. It all comes full circle. Yeah. You never listen to me though, and I'm usually right. So yeah, but you know, you, you didn't started. Li- listening. I told you to come to Nebraska, and you didn't listen. You went to UCLA, <laughs> so I had to get away. Yeah, see, you have to go away before, and then come back, and then you realize how good Nebraska actually is. I think that's uh, really accurate, and that's something that I I talked to a lot of our players, and I told Lindsay that told Danny that you got to go away from here because you know they grew up here you grew up here so it's good to go away and experience other things and then you realize how special Nebraska is I mean we have a saying there's no place like Nebraska and that's how you learn it it is Lindsay's your director of ops now and Danny's super successful at uh, Louisville right yeah so those are two former players but speaking of volleyball we should probably get into a little volley talk what have you been doing from the national championship match, which we won't talk about too much because I know that's a sour subject, up until really this week. I mean, you guys are starting two days and then you're getting into into the season. The two days, the season's coming up. I mean, I can't believe I don't know where summer went. 
Yeah. But just talk me through. I know a lot has happened in this off season, a little more than others. So talk me through everything that's happened, uh, and we'll highlight the China trip as well. Yeah. So typically, what happens? Uh, the the players. I actually had a mom. One of our freshmen texted me today, like, "Okay, when is their next break?" <laughs> I said, well, it'll be at Christmas, and that's it. <laughs> so, Is her daughter homesick? No, it just uh, she just wanted to know, you know, when she would be home. The other time they go home in May, but they have a program that they they actually work out while they're at home. So the only time they really get a true break is once the season's over, and hopefully we go right up to Christmas and the national championship, and then they get about a three week break. They come back and start school. We give them the first week off, and. It's the one time, really, of the whole year that they actually get to be a student with nothing going on and no sports. So that's the one week they get to be just a student. And then we hit it hard. And we do what we call boot camp training, which is four days a week, lifting, running. And then we start beach volleyball. And, of course, we, we played more beach volleyball matches this year than we ever have. Jalen was the head coach and did a great job of scheduling. And, and we just... All these teams now, there's so many teams playing beach volleyball now, they all ask about, okay, what, what format do you want? Hey, we just say, we'll play as many matches as you guys <laughs> will play, and, and we can play in a day. Because our season is limited, so we just, we'll play three, four times a day if we can. And you guys really just want an excuse to get out to the warm weather. Well, that's part of it. But <laughs> we went to San Diego this year, it was raining the whole time, so that wasn't good. But uh and then, of course, our indoor season, and we went to McCook, Nebraska this year. We took the team there, and I think you, when you were here, we went to Grand Island and sold out that new, they yes. just had built that new arena out there and sold that out. And um, But McCook was probably one of the best sites we went to in the western part of the state because those people were starving for the Huskers. They loved the Huskers, how we were treated. The venue where we played at the junior college there was really nice venue it was small it was loud yeah and we, the, yeah the, the problem was there's not a, there's only so many seats and so many people camp out and wait in line and can't get tickets so i feel really bad about that but you know that's why going to grand island we can get a lot more people in there but it's really special to know these small towns want us and we can go there and it's a big deal for those people and then Okay, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. We're, we're, ba we're backing way up. You're, you're going okay. through this too quickly. You're giving me oh. the generic answer here. Okay. okay, so back in January, December, end of December, you got a hip replacement, right? Oh, yeah. So I we thought we were going we, to we, talk about me. We, <laughs> we can't leave that out. What, did you get it? Because we're fans complaining you're getting up off the bench too slow, so you needed to get a hip replaced? Well, it, it really hit me when I, I was having a hard time tying my left shoe. <laughs> and then uh, we got to the Final Four and all the ESPN people, because you know, we'd been to four straight Final Four. So it's, yeah. the same, it's Holly Rowe and all those people and Paul Sunderland and Karch. And, and ironically, I was talking to Karch. He got his l a year ago in January. So um, he was telling me all about it. And I'm thinking, okay. Uh, but anyway, I was having a hard time getting around, and they're like, Coach, you okay? You know, and you, you got to go sit in all these meetings and interviews and do all this stuff. And, and every time I get up, it's like, Coach, you okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> so I just realized that it was probably time. And, you know, as a coach, you try to be tough and tough it out. And But I toughed it out for a long time. And, and, and for people who haven't read your book, which you came out with a book a couple years ago, and then a hard our hardcover, and then you came out with the soft cover and an extended chapter. So you know this year we're hoping for maybe another chapter, and I don't know what else you can come up come up with. But you got in an accident uh, about 20, 20 years ago, a long time ago, over twenty years over ago, over twenty years ago, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> uh, and 
that's what caused this hip replacement. Yeah. And you lay that out all in your book. And for people who haven't read your book, it's that accident is why this, this left hip needed that replacement. Yeah. Okay. So after the hip replacement, you go into the beach season. How did you guys do? I mean, there was a little bit of coverage on your sand volleyball season and, and how you guys did, but I feel like there could have been a little more. So is there anything more that you can touch on or tell us? Well, about the sand season. Let's see the the boys in here. Well, you know, as they edit and put this out, we could just say right now. I think our fans would love to have a broadcast of a beach volleyball match from Hawaii. We, so. we should do that. <laughs> so bring uh, Husker Sports Network out to Hawaii. I think and, you know. They, I, I know a baseball went out there. They would probably you know do a baseball broadcast. But it might be fun for our fans and and uh, just just to and because what's interesting, Lauren, in beach, you might have five matches going on at once. And there's only two coaches. So the coaches are running around between all the courts. <laughs> and so the players kind of have to coach themselves, and that's one thing I like about it. And then you got five matches going. You're trying to figure out, okay, who's over here? Who's over here? What's the score, you know? And, and uh, it's, it's actually really tense, and, but it's like, fun and exciting. And then the girls can't really cheer for each other because they're all playing. So yeah. they kind of got to just cheer for each other and, and fight together. So I think that would be really interesting to have a, a live broadcast Hey, Ben McLaughlin's in Italy yeah. with the basketball team. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah, we I should know. be able to. Yeah, why, why wasn't Ben in China with us? Yeah. Nobody wants to go to China. Everybody goes to Italy, but nobody wants to go to China with a volleyball team. Hey, I went to China in 20, <laughs> 2010, and I'll never go back. <laughs> that's, the beauty of, that's the beauty of going to China. We don't have to take any administrators. Nobody wants to go. Speaking of China, give me a give me a rundown of the 17 days you were there, and then give me a really good story, funny story, something crazy that happened. The story I always remember I can't share on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not on there. You're on a podcast. <laughs> a podcast. Uh, I, I don't know if I can go there, so let me think about that while we we go through the China trip. But Lauren, this is the fifth time I've taken a Nebraska team to China, and so. If we go back in history, my first year here in 2000, I wanted to do, part of the reason I took the Nebraska job and came from Wisconsin was I wanted to do something that had never been done before at Nebraska. I wanted to take Nebraska to a new level. And Coach Pettit already had Nebraska volleyball at the top. So that was the challenge. And I thought this is the only way it would bring out the best in me is to go to, come here to Nebraska and see what could we do to take it to another level. So Nebraska had never been on an international trip. And in 1996... I had taken, um, you were about five or six years old then. I, I took the Wisconsin team to Russia. And so we were the first college team ever to go to Russia. And then in 2000, we were the first college team ever to go to China. I still have a Russian doll. Yeah, I know. Glass yeah. doll. And then the little, um, what are those dolls called that yeah. have, like you take Babushka the top off and or then there's another yeah. doll inside yeah. of that doll and yeah. then it just keeps getting smaller. Yeah, yeah. still have those. You know, some of those things go for five, six, seven thousand dollars because of the, the way they're painted and everything. Seriously? So, yeah. Maybe I should yeah. maybe <laughs> start there's, selling. Maybe there's money if your college funds in one of those. <laughs> just haven't looked far enough. <laughs> But uh, so it was the fifth time we went to China. And in 2000, you know, it was still a communist country. It was, I would call it a third world country. Now the volleyball is first world, but the country was third world. And Lindsay is still traumatized from being on that trip. And then the fifth time we went, China now is probably more modern than the United States. And I think because they, starting in the Olympics, 
when they hosted the Olympics in 2008, they modernized China, and it's unbelievable now how nice everything is. And what really impressed me the most was they've gone all electric for the most part for cars and bikes and motorcycles. So the pollution's way down. So you it, just have smoking pollution, cigarette pollution. Yeah, but even even the cigarette part's down. Really? Um, yeah. So it's China has. So that's 19 years. It's really really changed. So that was fascinating for me. I remember playing matches and the coaches were on the sidelines yeah. just smoking yeah. a cigarette in a big poof of smoke and i'm trying to run around and set balls and coughing because i'm choking and, yeah. and that was the, just, old, the old guard for right. for coaches now they're all young coaches and ironically jordan larson is going to play for shanghai where we went and they have a very young coach he speaks english he loves the huskers he watches our matches and i mean you know in 2000 China didn't even know about Nebraska volleyball, but what's fascinating, and I don't know, our old-time fans will remember this, but Li Guzhen, June, who you know, came over from China. She's a national hero in China, came over and was our volunteer coach in 2000 because she wanted to come here. And, And because of that, when we won the national championship, they broadcast the match. They replayed it in China. So that match got played potentially in front of a billion people. So that's really what, you know, kind of, put Nebraska and China, and at the same time, we were going through trade negotiations, starting to sell corn and products from Nebraska, and that was one of the reasons we were able to get in the country. And of course, the famous camera got taken and all those stories, but anyway, it's just really changed. It's way more modern now. Uh, the volley, All the, the teams, like where Jordan's going, they all have new facilities. Beautiful, I mean, some they're world-class facilities. I mean, they put so much money into these places, it's unbelievable. So... There wasn't a lot of hardship for our players except getting our butts kicked playing the Chinese teams. Yeah, because you were in five-star hotels every night. <laughs> no, only three nights we were in five-star hotels. Uh, that's that, not what I heard. <laughs> but we stayed under budget, and the, and the only reason we got to go in those hotels, so Steve Wang, who I've taken on all the trips, uh, he actually works for Talent Plus now and uh, and manages a Singapore office, but he used to work for Nebraska and I was a professor here, but he, with, through Talent Plus, he hires all the managers to run these five-star hotels, so he gets less expensive rates than if we could just get a normal, basic hotel on our own. So we got to stay at the Langham and the Hyatt, and their five, five-star hotels are unbelievable. Maybe five-plus. Yeah, they're <laughs> unbelievable. So it was really nice. And um, and you also went to Japan. Yeah. Can't, we can't forget about Japan, because yeah. I've heard Japan's actually better than China. Yeah, Japan is. Uh, did you? So, in your trip, did we go to? No. We only went to China. Yeah. Japan, I think, started in 2014. Yeah, you we went in going. 2006 to Japan as oh, well. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. The the, pro, the hard thing with Japan is they take it. They take the month of May off, and that's typically when we go. So, but now when we go in June, we can actually go to Japan. So, in 14 and 06, we went in later in June, and we're able to go to Japan. But Japan's an awesome country, and but the thing about Japan is their their respect for the sport of volleyball is incredible and their discipline and how they play i mean i i could sit there all day and watch them train and play they're just they're they don't have great athletes but they they play a beautiful style of volleyball china's like us they have big athletes they're physical they hit the ball hard you know but they train six days a week 50 weeks a year and they're good i mean they're training like eight hours a day yeah it's not like it's a two hour three hour practice and they're done for the day i mean they're training six days a week yeah so we in Japan, I went over to watch a morning practice at Himatsu, who's the champions. And I went in there. At, they said practice started at 10. So we, we got the car and went over there. We got there about 9.15 because we were going to work out in the weight room. And there's players in there getting reps. 
This is before the first morning practice started, and we were going to play them in that afternoon and train with them. So there's because they live there. Literally, it's their dorm room is their dorm room would be like our locker room. They just that's their dorm room. They walk out in the gym. That's where they live. And for they, them, it's like going to work. Yeah, totally. Instead going to of work. having a desk job or what we consider a job in the business world, I mean that's that's their work. That's their job. Yeah. So Hisamitsu um, is a pharmaceutical company. And so when we played them the second day, they allowed all their employees over lunch. We had to play over lunch so their employees could come in and watch. But So it was, and there's, there's some people coming in wearing Nebraska stuff. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, where'd you guys come from? Well, they live there, and I think the mom worked there, but actually uh, the daughter was going to school in Kearney, but wow. she was home for the summer. So, I mean, there's Huskers everywhere. You know, there really is Huskers everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you could go anywhere in the world and... You're going to see someone in Husker. We went to Greece in April, and we went to dinner one night, and there was a couple next to us with a Nebraska shirt on. I mean, yeah. all the way in, in the middle of Greece. Yeah. We're, we're in the five-star hotel, and I'm walking through on brunch. It's, this thing's unbelievable, and people go, go Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so have you thought of a good story from China or Japan? Um, so Japan was pretty, uh, you know... We, we start off, you, you prepare for this trip, you go 10 days training, you know, we plan all this stuff out, we get all these shots and everything. We get there, the first day we go in the gym, and Jolene and Lauren and Lexi aren't there. I'm like, where are they? Well, they had, uh, what do you call it, pink eye? Oh, gosh. So, so the Japanese won't let them in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> because they... They don't want to get all their players infected. <laughs> so Lauren and Lexi and Jolene take off, and, and they take them to a hospital because in Japan you go to the hospital and see the doctor there. So literally they're gone for like five hours. <laughs> and we determine it's a form of pink eye that wasn't contagious. So they picked something up on the plane. There's a form of pink eye that's yeah, not contagious. That's what the Japanese doctor said. But at least they were allowed to come back in the gym with us. <laughs> and we didn't have to disinfect everybody in the whole gym. So that was the start of the trip. And then the next day, we had another player had another issue, and she was gone. So we do all this preparation. I'm like, okay, we're just starting this trip off, and we've got three players already <laughs> gone to the hospital. So, but after that, it was it was uh, great. But I think the probably the there was two high two big things for me is we were playing uh, Torre, where Kitty Rawson played two years ago, and another great program in Japan. And we were down 24-21 in the third. We were just playing a two out of three, and so I'm thinking, okay, this, you know, it's over. We're going to lose it. So I double sub. I put in Nicole and Aneshka. Nicole's freshman center. Yeah. And, and so Nicole's serving. So she's literally peeing on the floor. <laughs> and Aneshka blocks the first ball for a point. They set the girl again. Aneshka stuffs her again for a point. Then they set there again. And, they, and Aneshka, because Nicole's serving tough and got him out of system. We get a touch. We convert. All of a sudden it's 24-24. And I'm thinking, okay we got a chance to beat one of these teams. I mean, it's so hard to even get to that point. So I'm like, oh, right. please, please, please. Anyway, it starts going back and forth, back and forth, and we finally win at 29-27, still in that double sub. Wow. So that was, it was just awesome to see those guys pull that thing out. But I think the other thing was um, one of the traditions is we go to have what's called a duck dinner in China. And the duck dinner, it's Peking duck. It's very famous in China. And you go there, there's pictures of presidents from the United States in there. There's movie stars. There's all these famous people. They all go to this chain of Peking duck 
and uh, restaurants. And uh, so anyway, we go into this one and we're in there. And so the tradition has been over the years is they bring you duck and they bring all these other things, you know, and Chinese and you're all sitting around tables and then they bring out a whole fish. So the tradition has always been on every trip is somebody eats the fish head. So Aneshka says, I'm eating the fish head. So people start throwing money or yuan, you want Chinese money, which, you know, I don't know, you have wads of it and it's worth like five bucks. They start throwing it out on the table. So Aneshka starts. I mean, this is a whole troll fish head, eyes, everything. Bones. Yeah. And she starts and can't handle it. (laughs) She bails out, I'm out. (laughs) So she's over there turning green. And then Jazz just calmly steps up and says, I got it. So Jazz starts this thing, and I'm ready. I'm turning green. Half the team can't watch. I saw the video. Yeah. Your face is yeah. hilarious. And yeah. then you're playing a, like a rap, some type of rap music, oh, walkout song after, to get her pumped up. Yeah. At, well, after she did that, I put on my phone my, my Jay-Z walkout song. <laughs> it's like, okay, here we go. We got to keep the kid going here. It was, you talk about belly laughs. Everybody was belly laughing. Jazz crushed that thing, and she got she got some shopping money. Let's back up. I have one more story oh, okay, okay. about China. This, this, is, this is the first time this has ever happened on five trips. Okay. So there's part of the Great Wall that we go to, and I, there's a Chinese name, but it's out in the mountains, and it's kind of away from Beijing. It's, it takes about an hour and 20 minutes to get there. Anyway... There's parts of the wall are so steep, you're literally going, crawling hand to foot, crawling up it, and then you have to do that coming down. It's so steep. And it was the most, there's, when they built it, so many people died building it, they just buried them in the wall. You know, this wall is, you know, the width of a road and probably 20, 30 feet off the ground. So, you know, the Mongolians couldn't get over it. So we get up to the what's the tower, which is pretty tough to get up to, and it takes about an hour to get to this first tower. So we're like, okay, this is, this is it. And then I look up, and the wall keeps going. They opened up another section that goes up to this next tower as far as you can go on the wall that they have it for people to walk on. Otherwise, it's older, and they don't let people go on it. So I was feeling really good with my new hip, <laughs> so, and I wanted to get a good workout, so I'm like, uh, you guys, I'm going I'm to go stay here when Andrew, our photographer, he was having trouble getting up there. In fact, he never did make it up there. <laughs> so we're waiting for him there. He couldn't even get halfway oh, no. up. So he's out of gas. He's waiting until we come down to take the pictures. And so I decide, okay, I'm going to go to the top of this thing. So I start going up there. And nobody, there's like maybe one or two people that even tried going up there from this tower. So I start going up there. And so I'm, I'm going, I'm going. I get up there and I look back. And here's here's the Huskers coming up, and then so it was the young young younger ones, the freshmen were with me, and they so they get up there, so we're taking pictures. So I'm thinking, okay, nobody else is coming up. Next thing I know, here comes Lauren, and then here comes Nicklin, and then here comes this player and that player, and all of a sudden the whole team went all the way to the top. And Chad Dore, who was our sports psychologist on the trip, he was with us and he he did not make it up there but he got up there and he saw all this happen so on the last night we debrief and this is another part of it do you remember this we we get yep. in bathrobes yep and <laughs> which sounds weird well we're in a really nice hotel and well what we do is we we go down to the pool and, and jacuzzi and hang out and have some snacks and then we got around this room in a big round table but everybody's in bathrobes and so the significance of that is everybody's equal 
and we're all in this together and everybody's in their bathrobes and uh, <laughs> so you have all this white around the table and even and chad was at that and he got up and talked about how impressed he was that the whole team went up there without being asked being told it's just they wanted to go up there and they wanted to stick together and i thought it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen on one of these trips because that was and and we've been on that wall several times but no huskers have ever gone past that first tower because you're there usually you're gassed by then and we've right. had players try to run it and coaches try to run nobody's able to be able to run up there it's so steep because it i mean it's it's straight up this mountain sometimes you're using your i remember your yeah, hands yeah that's, you're like rock climbing yeah. free soloing what yeah, do they call like that free when, solo, you're, yeah. when you don't have any ropes on you and you're just going up the side of a cliff yeah so anyway that's just another little story there we're talking about china it's funny if you if you really think about that analogy of everyone in their bathrobe means everyone's equal it's just yeah. kind of silly that they picked a bathrobe but yeah. I like well, it. that actually I like start it. that actually started in uh, in 2000. We were we had uh, we had to check out of our hotel and we weren't leaving until night. So we like what are, what are we going to do all day? And this is the trip that Lindsay was on. So we found a spa. I said let's just go to a spa and hang out. We'll get, you know work out, jacuzzi, sauna, get ready for this you know long flight home <laughs> and jet lag. And we so we we went to the spa and we actually got. They had massage people there, so we got massages. We went in the jacuzzi, and I said, well, let's, let's just have a debrief about our trip. And so everybody was in their bathrobes, so we just all kind of hung out, and we, we got this little area by this jacuzzi, and we just sat there and talked about the trip, and it was awesome. And then ever since then, the tradition has been, okay, we recreate that, because it was such a powerful thing that we did, and uh, everybody remembered it, and everybody remembered, you know, you really get... You're so everybody's so vulnerable at that point that everything comes out and you talk about what's really on your heart. You're all about your tradition. Yeah. Well, those are some good stories. Okay, so after Japan and China, you guys get into camps. And I want to talk about the Dream Team camp because that's something that we don't see from other colleges or other schools. I know you had your entire 2021 class here, which I got to see. They're all studs. Okay. Well, I'm, technically, I'm not allowed to talk about them, but we won't. We can't yeah. name names. We can't yeah. name names. But just tell me the significance of that camp, what you guys hope to get out of the camp, and what you did get out of the camp, and just kind of how that works and what that looks like. Yeah. So what we decided uh, three years ago that um, we had to do something different to try to get the top recruits come here to come to Nebraska because. With recruiting now, we're recruiting so far out. So how are we going to get these 8th and ninth and 10th graders to come to camp? Well, we've got to do something different. So we started, we're going to call it the Dream Team Camp. And so we sent out invitations. So just like going to prom or, you know, you get an invitation to a wedding. Yeah. So we actually made up these really cool invitations, which were legal, sent them out, and invited them to come to camp. And so that 21-2021 class was the first group as ninth graders that got asked to come. And so they all showed up. From that camp, you know, I have a saying, if they come on campus and you don't offer, you ain't getting them and they ain't coming back because it's like you ask a girl to go to the dance or a girl asks a guy to come to the dance or vice versa and they say no. Usually if you ask again, they're going to say no again. So that's kind of a basic analogy, but I've seen that happen over and over. So we had to make decisions right there at the end of that camp, you know, who we were going to offer. And so we offered five people because we knew that was a really big class for us and we offered five players and they all committed so now they just changed the rules you can't do that anymore 
So another rule to stop what the Huskers thought up. <laughs> Everyone's against Nebraska, right? Made, I've, I've listened. I probably half that rule book is because of things I've tried, and they make rules against it. <laughs> Okay, so after the camp season, which is in the summer, then you head up straight to the mountains, and you're a mountain guy. You love the cool air, you love going on hikes, you love riding your bike. Uh, You used to be a wrangler back in the day. That's something a lot of people don't know. You would ride a horse and make trails, right? Yeah. In Wyoming? Yeah. The the girls circulated a picture. They somehow got a picture of me and my cowboy stuff. We'll have to... We'll have to post that on Husker Sports Network Twitter account. Yeah, they, I, I don't know where they got it from, but um, I think did you give ta- it to him? No, I think Taylor, oh. uh, your son, my brother, I think he found it and posted it on his Instagram, oh, and then and they, the girls got it from there, oh, and wow. they started circulating it. Social media. Yeah. One picture yeah, can go that's, viral. That's where I fell in love with the mountains. Um, I got a chance to work on a ranch for two years when I was in college, and because uh, back then I was an a- athlete, but... Uh, you know, you didn't train in the summers. There was no, there was no strength coaches or summer programs. The gyms weren't open. I mean, you just went home and worked and, you know, tried to make some money. So I, I got a chance to go up to this ranch in Wyoming and literally was on a horse for eight hours a day. I, I learned how to put their shoes on, groom them. They were out in pasture every night. I'd ride out, bring them in in the morning, take them out at night. I actually broke two horses, meaning they'd never been ridden. And I started riding them and taught them how to so so people could ride him and i had a chance to work with a i mean he was a long time cowboy and he taught me everything and so ever since then i thought okay someday i want to i want to live in the mountains and uh so that's why we go back and you know you've been up there several times and so uh just love the mountains maybe that's another reason why you needed a hip replacement because you're riding horses for (laughs) eight hours a day yeah (laughs) I wish we had yoga back then. I could have been probably better. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where you get you, your creative juices flow when you go to the mountains. Yeah. And that you get a lot of thoughts for the season. I mean, it's right before the season starts and the time for you to relax as well because you're usually stressed out from the beginning of August until probably January. I mean, you're stressed out year-round, but I would say it's a nice time for you to, to relax and also just think of themes for the season and probably different practice plans and who your starting lineup's going to be. Yeah. So Lauren, that, um, I, that you're absolutely right. My, I, I, my assistants hate it because they're on a little break too, but I am like pounding them with information about 6am every morning. Cause <laughs> I have all these ideas and things I want to do. And the Japanese call it forest bass. And so they actually in Japan, because they live in such dense cities, they go in the forest for walks and they really believe it. it it's healthy. It, engages your mind to be free and think and take away the stress well that's i think that's what the mountains do for me but i i get so many ideas and i have a book that i write them all down in and and uh, i actually gonna have to get a new book now or folder because i've it's almost full and uh but anyway it's just it is a great break i always try to break take a break before the season i give our players they had um six five days off to take a break so i think it's just a good recharge and get you know come back and you're fired up and excited and hopefully our players being away from the gym they're they're excited they want to get back in because they feel like they got to get back in so it's a good time
All right, we're going to end this podcast with something that we're going to, it's going to be reoccurring. So we're going to do it every single podcast. It's called a cook confession and a cook lesson, lesson, confession, <laughs> trying to get it to rhyme there. So I get to partake in this as well because okay. I'm a cook. So I'll start it off and I'm going to start with my cook confession. Okay. So this, you have to make juicy, tell us something that maybe no one knows. And I'm actually going to confess to most people know this that are close to you, but not everyone is you hate it when people eat in your car. It drives you nuts. <laughs> so anytime I drive your car or anytime mom and I drive your car and go shopping or go do something together, we usually eat in your car. Oh. <laughs> so I, I have, it. I have eaten I in your it. car, but I will say, I thought it was when Lindsay takes it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not pull a Brooke Delano and spill a bowl of fruit loops, cereal <laughs> in your car with milk. How do you all, remember all that? I just remember Brooke saying that she, the, the most mad she's ever seen you was when she spilled a, a bowl of, Fruit Loop cereal in your car with yeah. milk and everything, and it went yeah. flying. I think I picked her up on campus, yeah. and she was walking with and yep. spilled it. <laughs> so that's my that's my confession, and then oh, okay. my cook lesson is um, one I actually learned from you, and that's uh, the three bones you always need to remember to have: a wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone. You need to have a backbone because that keeps you strong; it helps get you through life and the struggles that may come about in life. And then a funny bone, because you should always be having fun and enjoying yourself, and, and life's too short to not have fun. And then a wishbone, because you always need to dream big. So can you top those? I can't top those. <laughs> but uh, So a confession I'll have on here is that, remember I said you didn't listen to me from ninth grade till you were senior. <laughs> you also didn't listen to me when you transferred back. And I wanted you to redshirt. And you're like, no, I'm not redshirting. And so I think the confession is a two-way confession. I think if you had to do over again, you would have redshirted, and I should have made you redshirt. So that would be my confession. <laughs> but I didn't, yeah, I should have, should have done that. Because, you know, I did that with Kelly Hunter, and it was also a very difficult thing because, you right. know, you were my daughter, but it was still... You know, I still try to listen to families and players when a red shirt's a big decision because that changes a lot. And I remember getting calls from Kelly's parents. They were not happy I wanted to redshirt her. And they, I mean, I think they were thinking about pulling her out. And I just said, you have to trust me. This is the best thing for her. And we'll see how that ended up. Yeah. So anyway, I think that that would be one confession. And, and, and what was the other thing? The Your lesson. Cook lesson. So anything, any like insight? I know you have a lot of good advice. You did my three bones. I even prepared you for this. You didn't talk about that. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did? <laughs> it's cook lesson. Well, I, I spent today showing our outside hitters. If you hit high line, you're a goddess. So that, that's, that's a, a cook one. lesson. <laughs> and what does that mean? Break it down. And if you serve in the net, it's, it's probably a two-point loss for the team that serves in the net. So we're not going to serve in the net. If we're going to miss, we're going to miss long. Okay. Those are volleyball ones. Okay. Uh, uh, I just I think probably the other lesson would be good, and hopefully maybe there's some kids listening and, and maybe some people that are in the competitive business world or whatever. But I've learned this, that if you want to make a great decision at the critical point of a match, so let's say it's 15-15 Penn State in the fifth, and it's going to come down to somebody winning and losing by two points. If you want to be the one to make the great decision, make the swing, want the pass, want to be able to serve, you better have made great decisions all week long and probably all season long, not only in the gym but off the court as well. So I, I've learned that 
I think players that are making great decisions all the time about how they take care of themselves, how they sleep, do they go to class, you know, do they train, do they watch video, do they do all those things, they'll get the confidence that they'll want to make that big decision when it matters most. And if you cheated all week or all month or all season, you're going to have doubts when it comes down to that. So that's one of the big lessons that I will be sharing with the Huskers here in about 48 hours. Perfect. That's a good one. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. But thank you so much for listening. And we will be back in a month with another new podcast. Okay. Next month. I can hardly wait. Great job, Lauren. Once a month. Great job to you. This was fun. (laughs) Well, let's see what the reviews are. We'll see how much fun it was. (laughs) Yeah. Give us a five-star review. (laughs) Will people have a chance to give feedback? I, I maybe. I hope so. Yeah, anyway, we'll, they we'll can, find out. And yeah. we'll, we'll let people know the next podcast how they can leave feedback. Yeah. Just email Bill Moose, bmoose <laughs> at huskers.com. Let them know what you think. <laughs> Thanks again for listening and go Big Red. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb. Edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound design by Brett Whitty. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts. Or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.